this episode, we talk about the signings of Marcus Stroman, Jan Gomes, and Clint Frazier. And we talk about the CBA lockout and the possibility of Carlos Correa signing with the Cubs. We are back here on the Cubs Home Podcast. One more, and this is probably going to be the last one for a bit because of the lockout, of course, but we'll get to that. But before we do, Marcus Stroman is a Chicago Cub. He is. Finally, right, right finally, at the buzzer. Finally, the Cubs have signed a major free agent, a major free agent pitcher for the first time in like four years ish. And that was Instagram. Um, that was a video playing on Instagram. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is that the Cubs have signed Marcus Stroman to a three year, $71 million deal. They signed him the day that the lockout went into effect. It went into effect. Uh, at 11.59 p.m. on December 1st. So the Cubs locked up Stroman maybe just like four hours before that. So, yeah. We have a, a big free agent signing by the Cubs for the first time in a number of years, and it shows that they're willing to spend money, which is huge. Stroman will average $23 million a year for the next three years. He'll be paid $25 million in 2022, 2023, and $21 million in 2024. And I think there's an opt-out after the second year, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, opt-out after the second year. So essentially, he's guaranteed $50 million. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and Cardinals whole, like, fans went off, I got to say. Oh, yeah, Cardinal fans had, my, had a nuclear meltdown my of God. Like, historic proportions when this deal broke. Because first of all, Strowman himself broke it, so there was never really any speculation as to if he was going to sign with us or not. So that pissed the Cardinal fans off, because oh, then all like all the rest bad. of the evening was just Strowman talking about how great he thought Chicago was, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, like the Cardinals signed Stephen Matz. I was their big win of the offseason, and literally the only thing that would have been better for them was if they had signed Marcus Stroman. So when the Cubs come in and do that, it really, I can like see how that would just piss them right the fuck off. And they were not happy. Yeah, and they they're still not happy. They didn't like, two, days later, yeah. two days later. Yeah. Two days later. They still haven't got over it yet. It's kind of funny. Yeah, they're losing their mind. Cardinals Reek on Twitter is just having a sad, sad day. He's. <laughs> He's, he's not having a good time. All of, all of Cardinals, all of Twitter, as a matter of fact, is it's... I've never seen this before, to be honest. They always, like, seem to be able to play this stuff off. But, like, I, in those, like, hours leading up to when the deal was official, like, the meltdown, like, the meltdown that happened with Cardinals Twitter was just off the charts. They were screaming and crying and having heart attacks and dying on the spot it was it was terrific to see yeah uh really I just I don't know how to describe it it's just it's crazy and the fact that it's still going on it's just it says a lot yep <clears throat> but that doesn't matter because that is not going to get Marcus Stroman off of the Cubs no, it is not. Nope. Uh, yeah, so as I mentioned... So they can, is... they can keep throwing their tantrums. Sorry? They, care. they yeah. can keep... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, so... I, the whole deal, though, the length of the deal with it being only three years does make me think that if they're out of contention, they might trade him. And I think maybe that's why they didn't go five years. I just... I'm not sure... Because the timeline, this timeline doesn't line up with the Cubs' next competitive window, which I have starting in 2024, maybe 2023. You know, depending on how the rest of the offseason goes this year and maybe next year, maybe 2023 it starts. Um, yeah. But, the, like, if you're looking at 2024, that's when Strowman's going to be a free agent. So I'm thinking that if the Cubs are out of it this year, which they very well might be, I don't know then he might be flipped, but I don't know. We'll see. 
The bottom line is though, if if even if he's like traded or not, the Cubs open up their checkbook. And they signed the best available pitcher on the market at the time. Scherzer was gone, Gosman was gone, Robbie Ray was gone, but Stroman was still there. And the Cubs paid top dollar for him, $25 million in 2022. So you can no longer say that the Cubs are a cheap organization because that narrative is yes. dead. And anyone that still thinks so that glad is an idiot. To, so glad to not be able to hear that anymore. I'm so happy. I remember like telling my little brother the Cubs are going to sign Marcus Stroman, and he was like, oh, okay. And then I said, oh, you know what I'm most happy about? And he said that they're signing him. And I said, no, that everyone that said that the Cubs don't spend money and that they're cheap will have to shut up now because it, you just you can't say that when you're paying a pitcher over $20 million a year to pitch for you. So it's nice. It's very nice. Yes, it is. So... Stroman well, is, um, the rotation now looks like Stroman, Hendricks, Miley. That's all that is guaranteed. The other two spots Mills, are kind of questionable. Steel, Thompson are up for the last two spots. Yes, unless we, of course, sign someone else. Which I am definitely thinking we're going to. Like, I Rodon, think it is a certainty that they're going to add someone else. I'm so ready for Rodon, man. Yeah, Rodon would be awesome. I know he's injury-prone, but before the uh, lockout, like two hours before the lockout, there were some second-tier sources. Like, you know, you have Jeff Passan, Rosenthal, Morosi, Heyman. Those guys are the, the, the top-tier sources. And they get your second-tier sources. Um, and they were talking about how, like, oh, the Cubs might not be done. They have interest in multiple starting pitchers. And it was rumored that the Cubs were trying to get another deal done, but unfortunately they ran out of time. So, but I think that the, the that those rumors were even around at all leads me to believe that the second the lockout is over, the Cubs are very quickly going to sign at least one more starting pitcher to be in that rotation on a major league deal, on a multi-year deal. I don't think it's going to be any higher than three years, but I heard that they did have interest in Carlos Rodon. So if they were to sign him, that would be awesome. Yes, I'm sure everyone knows that I've been pushing for that for the longest time. Yeah, he's injury prone. I was just wondering how you feel about that. No, I feel like that's going to make him not sign for top dollar. So, you know, when he is playing, he's super elite, as we saw last year. Even when he had diminished velocity last year he uh, in the second half. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he that's had, right. He was still really good. He had a war pace for, like, 4.6 over 200 innings or something. Yeah, he started a playoff game for the White Sox. They lost to the Astros. But, yeah, I would really, really love him because then it would be – I guess Hendricks is still technically the ace. I mean, I'm I'm going to put him at the top here. Just because. So it would be Hendricks, Stroman, uh, Miley, Rodon, and then that fifth spot probably goes to Alzelay. I'm just thinking, considering he was in the rotation last year and, you know, all that. But you, you never know. Could go to Justin Steele or Keegan Thompson or yeah, who knows, I, maybe they call up Killian late in the season and put him in. That'd be nice. I do feel like they're going to have Stroman on opening day. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, something I've been thinking about with Stroman. Well, first of all, I just wanted to say Stroman is uh, extremely durable. For those of you that like aren't really sure of his past track record, he's extremely durable. He tore his ACL back in, I think, 2014, but that's like his only major injury. He's been fine since then. Uh, he's very consistent. I think he has a career earned run average of around three, so very solid pitcher. Uh, 2019 and 2021, he opted out of 2020, were his two most, were his two best re- uh, regular season. Um, Wait, he His two best seasons. So. I kind of forgot he opted out in 2020. Yeah, he opted out, and then he came back and had a great year. And then, the, you know, he kind of, he had that thing – you know, he was on the Mets, so I don't really blame him for not being too happy with the Mets. But, yeah. 
Um, yeah. He's quite he's quite the character. Uh, very charismatic. Um, he's something. into a lot of meditation and um, uh, like so like mental health stuff. He believes in himself a great deal. As you'll see if you go to his likes on Twitter, all that he all all of his likes are basically just tweets about him being good. So it's not I don't think it's that he's egotistical. I think he just really like believes in himself. If that makes any sense. Yep. Um so, so I yeah, guess but, that's all we got for that. Storm is a cub. Yes. Thank God. Um He's already something. tried to recruit a number of players, including a certain star shortstop, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yes. Uh, right now, we're going to talk about the lockout. Yep. The deal, of course, happened right before the lockout. Yes, right before. So the Cubs were... It was so funny, because leading up to the lockout, the Cubs' biggest free agent signing was Jan Gomes. Uh did we talk about oh, Jan Gomes? We didn't even. I don't think we did talk about those. Jan no, Gomes we didn't, and Frazier. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so just a little side note here: we have signed we signed Jan Gomes to a two-year, thirteen million dollar deal to play backup catcher, and then I think we signed Clint Frazier to a one-year, one and a half, uh, yeah, million dollar deal. So. Uh, Contreras didn't seem like he was too happy about Gomes signing. It's yeah, kind I of a weird thing. He put plain. He put he posted like plain emojis or something. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah, it was so funny. Six seventy. The score did this. Like they they got the tweet. Like they saw the tweet and they were like, okay, you know, we're, we're on the radio. These guys are all like forty five and older on six seventy. The score. So they are like the most. Like illiterate people, when it comes to emojis, it was so funny. There was this little clip of them a minute and a half on six seventy. Like, all right, we have this tweet from Wilson Contreras. Here we go. Uh, he's gonna read it. We're gonna try to decipher what it means. I think he's using those emojis that uh, you know have been used these days. Um, you know, and just like with emojis, they're very vague. You don't really know what they're saying when you use emojis. So go ahead. And then the other guy was like, all right, we have a plane taking off. All right, we have a plane taking off. We have a plane in the air. All right, we got a plane in the air. We got a plane in the air. And then we have a plane going down. Ooh, we got a plane going there. And then we have a plane <laughs> landing. And they were like, wow, that's amazing. It, it, this was a minute and 30 of them just dissecting a tweet and trying to figure out essentially what emojis were. It was so funny, but also so sad. <laughs> it was, it was, oh, my God. They they were, they were struggling. They were not having a good time. They were like, "Wait, what does that mean?" And then it was, I was sitting there like, "Guys, it probably means he's going on vacation or something." I don't know. Like, I don't know what it means. But I was not sitting there for two minutes. Like, hmm. Okay, we got the plane taking off. I mean, it 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 should take you like, ten seconds to be able to read that. Yeah, I mean. What they said, they said, can okay, this could either mean two things. It could mean, it, it, it could mean that he's getting traded, which I don't think he is. I heard that the Mariners had interest in him, but I'm not really sure how real that is. I, I mean, I don't know why you would sign Stroman and then just trade Contreras. That doesn't make sense. Like, why I've, would you have may... a win-now move and then, like, trade away your best catcher? It's got to be... Uh... They must feel confident they can uh, sneak in with the expanded playoffs. Yeah, maybe they can. Supposedly. Because, you know, the team really isn't as bad as people are making it out to be. No, it's really not. I don't really know where that whole narrative is coming from. They finished 71-91, and 91, but a lot and of that was due season. to the pitching and the fact that we had Zach Davies and Jake Arrieta starting every other yeah. game. So. It cost us God knows how many games. I th- I would predict it was upwards of like 15 games. Probably. 
So, like, let's say that, it was 20 games or something. I have never seen worse pitching than those two. It's It was ridiculous. It was, because every time they took the mound, you said, well, we're going to lose. And then they would. Oh, and and sometimes... they didn't just lose. They would lose by, like, six runs. Sometimes when they were playing, I wouldn't even watch the game. I know. Like, I, well, I couldn't watch the game. But, yeah. It was sad. It was very sad. And I don't really wish, like, them... Good luck wherever they go next because they kind of ruined my summer a little bit. Davies will probably go to the Rays and become a Cy Young contender now. Yeah, that would be kind of funny, but that that sounds like something that would definitely happen. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, the lockout. Yes, the lockout began on December first, yep. essentially December second at midnight. So, uh, yeah, we are in a lockout, which means that the league and the Players Association are at a disagreement about how, essentially, the league will work for the next, like, seven-ish years. And the lockout means that there are no transactions between teams. I think only minor league deals can happen. Minor league deals can happen, which means the Cubs will probably be making a ton of deals. Um... I know I was I said they this on Twitter like deals. why don't teams just sign all these players to a minor league deal then recall them when the season starts like if I'm correct to that $350 million minor league contract <laughs> that would be the weirdest the sentence starts. Jeff Basson has just tweeted the Cubs have signed Carlos Correa to a minor league deal with an invite to spring training the deal is reportedly worth $350 million. Like, that would be the biggest waste of time. But also, isn't... I thought... You know, I haven't looked into this, but I bet there's some sort of limit on how much you can pay a minor leaguer. Probably. I mean, there's probably a salary uh, ceiling or something. Probably somewhere in $2 million or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't... Like, also, Correa would be pissed... He wouldn't be too happy with that because that's not what he wants. He wants to. But be yeah, I, guy. I mean, he'd he obviously know. Like, and everything. He'd definitely get a press conference. Oh, I know, but you know, it would just be very weird, and it's a whole like pride thing. Also, it's it would just be a waste of time. Just wait. So, also, they don't know how minor league deals are going to work. That could change. So, I think that's also why. But. Yes. So the lockdown means that there are no trades, there are no free agent signings except minor league deals. Teams cannot talk to any players on their roster. There are no pictures of players on MLB.com. Yeah, um, everyone's, everyone's making that their profile picture now. Yeah, there are no videos because under federal labor law, you cannot use the likeness of players when there's not an agreement that they can be used. Um... There are no negotiations taking place because they are forbidden from doing so. So essentially nothing is happening, which is why we just said this will probably be the last episode until the lockout is done, which is probably, if I had to guess, maybe end of January, beginning of February, which is a long way away, but that's okay. Yeah, we've had a break. Yeah, I mean, we did this uh, two years ago with COVID. Of course, back then we were all afraid we were going to yeah. die, but that's okay. So, yep, just got to do it again for a less amount of time. Because with COVID, it was from uh, November of 2019, November, December, January, February, March. November, December, January, February, March. April, it was starting, starting like June, July. July. It was like, yeah, it was like 10 months. So this will only be three or so. So yeah, the lockout is happening. Uh, if, if anyone has any questions on when will it be resolved, no one knows. It is resolved when it is resolved, meaning that until the union and league agree, the, the season will not start, spring training will not start, essentially that. So it is infinite until the league and union agree. And if they care at all, about the fans or the game, they will agree to it before spring training. 
because you can't really have 1994 happen where there's a strike or something. Yeah, I can't have last year going either. Well, 2020. Yeah. Having the 2020 essentially three-month season and then having the 2022 season be sliced by a lockout would destroy, like, so much of the game. That would not be good. Um, Some of these proposals are interesting. They have, I think the league wanted a, uh, I'm not really sure. I know that they were negotiating about a possible draft lottery like the NBA does. Oh, yeah. Which I kind of liked. Yeah, I guess that would kind of quit team, stop teams from losing on purpose and tanking. Yeah, um, not sure how effective that would be in the world of baseball. So, where draft the D-backs and Orioles are going to have to actually play now. I mean, I think part of this agreement is going to be that you can trade draft picks, which I would really like. Yes. Which would be very nice. I don't understand why that wasn't a thing in the first place. Well, because draft picks are not certainties like they are in every other sport. I mean, when you draft someone in, like, the NBA or in football or something, like, and they're taken second overall, you pretty much know they're going to be a star or close to it. But if you draft someone in number two overall in the MLB draft, you have maybe, like, at minimum a year and a half before they get to the big leagues. And sometimes it just doesn't work out. That guy that was drafted in front of Chris Bryant was out of the big leagues like six years after he was drafted first overall. So Who was sometimes that? it doesn't that work. Mark? What? Is that that Mark? What's Mark Capel. Yeah, that was him. Yeah, I think now he's in like business. So I thought it's, he was just, it's just because it's not certain. Like, you, you know, the value is not the same. But I think they're going to make that a thing now, which is nice, and which will probably lead to a lot more trades because instead of having to trade prospects, you could trade picks with yeah. prospects. So we might see a lot more trades in the next few years, um, and I bet the trade deadline would be really quite wild because if you, like in the past, if you wanted to acquire, like for example, the, the Dodgers, when they acquired Trey Turner and Max Scherzer, they paid... The Nationals, you know, they gave them, like, I think they gave them their number one and number two prospects or something. And I think a few others. And then they got Scherzer and Turner. And so, you know, that hurts. Yeah, now they're only left with Turner and no shortstop and no Scherzer. So they kind of lost the trade. Um, But that hurts because now the Nationals have those guys and they're going to keep them. They're going to develop them into their next core like the Cubs are trying to do. But, you know, let's say that the Dodgers could have gotten Scherzer and Turner for maybe, you know, maybe a few prospects, but maybe also, like, their first-round pick and their second-round pick in this year's draft. Well, then that makes things different, doesn't it? Because then the Dodgers can hang on to those guys and also get the players that they want. So I think you will be seeing a lot more trades if indeed you can trade picks because teams will be a lot more willing to part with picks than they are with top prospects. Yep. Uh, okay. All right. So I guess that's all for the lockout. And now for the fun part. Yes. Correa. Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa. So the Cubs, the Cubs and the Yankees are the top two suitors for Carlos Correa at this moment. Well, that's, according. Yeah, according to Mike Rodriguez. Yes. Um. All right, here. Let's let's back up for a minute. I made a post on this last night. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not trying to like. I'm not gonna cut you off here. I'm just saying like. I'm just going to break this down. So, obviously, the Cubs and the Carlos Correa have been in communication. Like, they've been connected by, you know, multiple sources. But most recently, the Cubs were listed as one of the five teams to reach out to Correa's agent. 
The other five teams are the Yankees, of course, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, and the Braves. The Astros offered Correa a five-year, $160 million extension before he hit free agency. He didn't take it. And reports say that he's looking um, for a deal closer to Francisco Lindor's 10-year, $341 million deal. So we know that they've reached out. We know that they have been listed as... Correa, unlike Lindor, is worth that money. Yes, I agree. But we know that they have been listed as one of the more likely suitors to sign Korea. And it makes sense, if you think about it. Cubs payroll is mm-hmm. still pretty low. Um, they have money to spend. They're, they seem to be willing to spend it. But, I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts here? We don't even know, like, if that phone call happened between Baez and Korea. We don't know if that happened or not. Because well, Rodriguez said it happened, and then Jesse Rogers said it didn't. Jesse Rogers is... I don't like that guy. I know. Prick. You know, he used to be a White Sox reporter. Which yeah. makes sense. It, it does make perfect sense. Yeah. No, I don't like that dude. Of course, we all remember I tried to call into a show, and... Oh, what's the... I tried calling in, and they weren't let me on. So, Jesse, fuck you. Anyways, um, I, of course, would want us to go and get Korea. Um, the cost, it's gonna, it's gonna be a lot, of course, but he would also be the centerpiece of the next core. He would, what, he's what we would build around. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. Player of his caliber. Yeah, and I'm definitely fine with him. And he would he would be a good mentor too. Yeah. Um, with his postseason experience, he's you know a fantastic postseason performer, uh, which would be a breath of fresh air after the core shit the bed in every postseason except 2016, essentially. Um, so that'd be nice. Uh, the question is, do the Cubs make a commitment like that this winter? Because everyone thought Marcus Stroman was going to get five years and $110 million until the Cubs came and said, okay, we'll pay you $20 million a year just like Robbie Ray, but we'll only do it for three years instead of five. So the question is, do they make a long-term commitment here? I, I think it's easier to make a long-term commitment to a position player rather than a pitcher. Because, you know, they play every day. Meanwhile, that pitcher just goes every five. Yeah, that's true. I'm just wondering if maybe they're thinking about the Jason Hayward deal and thinking, <laughs> well, we don't, you know, well, we could do this, but we don't want to ruin, you know, our payroll and our situation before guys like Brennan Davis and Owen Casey and Hernandez and Killian and all those guys get here. Oh, I definitely, I definitely trust that Correa can keep playing elite and I don't think it'll be anything like Hayward. I, yeah, I definitely don't think Carlos Correa is going to be Jason Hayward. I mean, that would be different, completely different situation, honestly. I mean, Hayward, when he was signed by the Cubs, it was like, okay, he's good. You know, he's good. This might be a, a slight overpay, but, you know, he's good. He was good, and it did not work out at all, except on defense and with a certain speech in the locker room of Game 7. But other than that, yeah, no, the Hayward deal has not worked out. But Correa is an elite player. He's essentially Alex Rodriguez uh, in this generation, if that makes sense, you know. Kind of a hated character, but he's really good. And, yeah. So, I I was thinking about it. And, you know, I there have been rumors that the Cubs have made offers for Correa or have an offer out there for Correa. That is not confirmed. That comes from one of those second-tier sources. Um, but if they have indeed made an offer... There is no details on what that offer would be, but if they've made the offer, 
then my guess is that if Correa is looking for like 10 years in the way Marcus Stroman is, was looking for five, my guess would be that the Cubs would have made an eight-year offer. Yeah, I was going to say eight. Yeah, it would have been an eight-year offer, and then it obviously would have been an over $30 million a year. So let's let's calculate this real quick. I had a number in my head, so it would have been... I say uh, it would probably get at least 35 well, I so I thought maybe it would be three hundred and fifteen, because that would have been thirty nine, which would have been I know really really high. It actually would have been higher than Corey Seager's deal with the Rangers, which was thirty two point five million. But I thought because they took off those two years, the Cubs would have had to have upped the average annual value. But maybe it's not that high. Let's try three hundred ten. No, I could see 300 for eight working. That'd be 37.5 a year. Yeah, that, that would be good. That would be good. That would still be really high, but then again, when you take off those two years, you need to make up for it somehow. Yeah. So, that's, uh, yeah. I just, I don't let's see say, doing that 10-year deal. Yeah, let's say the deer, damn it. Let's say the deal which he's wanting is... Uh, Three hundred fifty for ten years. Okay, that's thirty-five a year. The Cubs could take off two years, make it eight years, and three hundred million. So that's they up the AAV by two and a half million per year. So let's see, two point five times eight. Essentially, he'd be making twenty million more than he would. Not than he would, but. You know what I mean? With the AAB. Yeah. Then he would with uh, 35 a year for eight. Yeah. Um, so I think 300 for eight years is reasonable. 300 for eight years? That sounds good to me. I'd like that. Mm-hmm. I just I don't think the Cubs are the type of team to do that 10-year deal. You know? Yeah. I just said, I feel like Jed Hoyer definitely must have learned something from his time in baseball, and he probably doesn't think that 10 year deal is good. I just can't really see him doing that. I could totally see someone like AJ Preller doing that. But I don't know. We know he would. Oh, yeah. He would give Correa like 14 years and 400 million. That would be funny. Yeah, Preller is not good. No, he's not. No, he's not. Um, yeah. So that report by Mike Rodriguez was also a little hazy, I guess. Uh, he reported that. I'll actually go to his actual report here. Let's see. Who is Korea trending? Oh, he is trending. Do I just? Oh, he's just trending. Oh, a lot of Cubs here with current expression. Okay. All right. Uh, Mike Mike Rodriguez. Here we go. Let's see. So, MLB Insider Journalist. Uh, let me see if I can translate his bio. MLB Insider Journalist, translator in Major League Baseball, analyst and narrator in Spanish. Oh, this is the guy that works at Wrigley Field and does the Spanish telecast for Cub games. So, that's him. Wow. Yeah, it is. If you it, did you hmm. there was a video over the summer of Rafael Ortega's walk off home run. Uh and it was uh and his call was like there. So yeah, it's that guy. So he broke the Javier Baez news. He broke the Javier Baez news. Uh he he was the first guy to report that um Baez had a six year 140 million deal with um, the Tigers. So we know that he's definitely has sources with the Bios or at least close to Bios. So here's what he reported. He said on December 2nd, the day, the first day of the lockout, he said Carlos Correa, um, the hashtag Cubs and the hashtag Yankees are the two teams most likely to sign the shortstop 
Since there are the most fluid negotiations at the moment, a source confirms that Correa called Baez to ask him how the organization is treated in Chicago. So Jesse Rogers said that call didn't happen. But this guy seems legit, and we know that Jesse Rogers is wrong about a lot of things. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, but what Jesse Rogers didn't say is that he did not say, oh, no, the Cubs are not in on Korea. He didn't comment on that. He just said, oh, I don't think that call happened. So, yeah, it's so not at, like least, out. at least we know that they're in on them. Yeah, and we know that, like, there were negotiations at some point, or I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the the Cubs work in the dark, it seems. So I doubt we would hear yeah, much. Yeah, because we really didn't hear anything about Soma until right when it happened. Right, and then when the when they signed Jan Gomes, I know it's Jan Gomes, but there wasn't like, oh, the Cubs are in talks with Jan Gomes. It was just, oh, the Cubs have signed Jan Gomes. It's just they work. It's like instantaneous. Whenever you hear about the Cubs making a move, it typically is done. Like, it's a done deal. Like, when Rosenthal finally picked up on the Stroman news, everyone knew that he was going to uh, yeah, Chicago. Stroman himself was the first one to report it. Yeah, which was fun. <sighs> um, yeah, so we know that the Tigers are out. So going back to these suitors for Korea, the Tigers are out. I, uh, yeah, honestly... Um... Uh, Detroit is where I had him signing at. Yeah, they signed Baez. So, Mm -hmm. Tigers are out. Um, The Yankees, I would think, are the favorites. Like, they need Correa. You know, I don't think that we can outbid the Yankees, but I think that uh, we're more appealing to him than... Yeah, I, I was... I was going to say that. I mean, if you're Carlos Correa, you know, obviously the Yankees are in a better position to win right now than the Cubs. That's obvious. The Yankees probably have more money than everyone else ever. That's also obvious. I mean, you know, as rich as the Ricketts are and everything, and as rich as the Cubs are, and as quiet as the Yankees have been, the Yankees are kind of in a different tier when it comes to, like, the financial might of that organization. So I don't think we can outbid the Yankees without seriously, like, hindering ourselves. So, but that being said, you know, the Yankees got beat by the Astros in 2017. The Astros cheated that year. Yankee fans were not happy. So when Correa comes back to New York in 2021 or whatever, what do they do? Oh, they threaten his wife. His family, they call him slurs, they scream at him, the hatred is palpable. There are players in the Yankees organization that do not like Carlos Correa and still really don't like him for what he did in 2017, according to Ken Rosenthal. There is controversy among Yankee fans. Yankee fans, there are those that really want him. There are those that say, no, I don't want him, because he cheated. There are those that say we should just wait for Anthony Velope or whatever, their top shortstop prospect. So there's a lot of controversy here, and if I'm Carlos Correa, I'm not sure I feel great about going to a fan base in a city that literally threatened to kill my wife and family when I was there for three days last year. So, yeah, I don't think we can outbid the Yankees, but I think we are definitely more appealing because the Cubs are in re- the Cubs are in kind of a retooling phase, but Correa said he'd be open to that. He's, he commented yeah, in the offseason. He said Wrigley feels really nice. It's not so, like, it's not like, you know, like you said, he said he's open to a rebuild, but it's, the Cubs aren't rebuilding and people still don't understand that. It's a retool. We're not, Trying to wait five years to contend again. We're trying to contend as soon as possible. Yeah, I mean, honestly, until they signed Stroman, I kind of thought it was going to take until 2024, and maybe they would save all their finances for that time. But now that they've signed Stroman, even though it's a short deal, they're definitely open to spending money Yeah, to make the team competitive. So, 
Oh, this is so refreshing. I finally get to talk about the Cubs in a good light. Um, yeah, so Correa, you know, I, I don't think that we would have been the Yankees, but I do think that we were more appealing because they're in a retooling phase. But in the offseason, Correa said, you know, I really like Wrigley Field. You know, the fans are nice. He worked out there when he was a prospect. Let me see if I can find his actual comment on that. If you have anything you want to add right now while I'm looking this up. Alright. Uh well I was just I'm thinking even if we miss out on Korea, we still have other options like Trevor Story who we could go after. Yeah, that's true. Although his splits aren't that great. And you know, Story, I know he said he likes uh Wrigley Field. Didn't he say it was his favorite stadium or something? Uh, yeah, I think he did. Oh, yeah, so right here. Obviously, obviously, we want Correa, but we'll, we'd be pretty happy if we got Story. Yeah, I, I agree. Story's definitely no Correa, but I'd be happy if we got him for, like, six years or something. Because we need, we need a shortstop. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's obvious. Mm-hmm. And you know we're gonna we're gonna need someone with good defense because Strowman's a ground ball pitcher and a lot of the guys in the Cubs rotation aren't strikeout guys. Must we get Rodon? Yeah, and you know I think the defense like at this moment really, uh, I think it is good for ground ball pitchers because you know Wisdom was a great defender last year. Uh, Nico's an elite defender. Madrigal is like average in his little. Short time that he has played in the MLB. Mm-hmm. You know, first base. I don't really think it matters. I don't a whole think lot. that matters a whole lot. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. All right, here it is. Carlos Correa vividly recalls a day not long ago when he daydreamed about being a Cub. Will the Cubs take a second shot at acquiring him? Gordon Whitmire, otherwise known as the worst man to ever write <laughs> for anything ever. Catches up with the All-Star shortstop to set, set to become a free agent next month. This was written on October 14, 2021. Correa says, it's, quote, it's something that definitely crossed my mind during that pre-draft workout at Wrigley Field, and maybe in the offseason it will cross my mind again. So Correa is obviously open to the Cubs. And yeah. He hasn't ruled them out. So that's good. That's good. It's weird. You cannot. You can't really like lean any which way here because I feel like with every suitor that is in on Korea, there are drawbacks to every suitor. Like if the Yankees' drawbacks are the fan base and all that, and the controversy, the Cubs' drawbacks are probably that you know the situation they're in. And also, yeah, like he know, said, he was he was open to uh, rebuilding. So, well, I know, but like I was thinking about just the Cub, how the Cubs would do that. You know, they would probably think to themselves, oh, yeah, I mean, this is going to cost a lot. Do we want to do that right now? You know, Strowman is a different thing. Strowman's like $25 million over three years. Yeah, but, I mean, when you have to sign Correa for, I would guess, at minimum eight years and at $37 million a year, that's that's different. So that's the Cubs' drawback. And, then, you know, with the Dodgers, the drawback is probably similar to the Yankees'. Dodger yeah. fans probably hate the Astros more than the more than the Yankees. That's Plus, even possible. The Dodgers still have Trey Turner, and they just brought back uh, Chris Taylor. And exactly. Pretty sure Justin Turner still has one more year left on his contract. And mm-hmm. of course, they got yeah. Muncy, so they're pretty stacked. Yeah, I heard that they were in on Freddie Freeman. I heard the Yankees were in on Freddie Freeman, so they might be oh, looking God. elsewhere. That would be. I, It'd be it'd be really weird to see Freddie Freeman sign with the Dodgers or Yankees. I don't know what's up with that, to be honest. I mean, if you're the Braves and you win the World Series and Freddie Freeman catches the final out and he was the MVP in 2020 and he's been with the organization longer than anyone else on that team, why are you not resigning him instantly? Like the day after the World Series, just give him a blank contract. I don't understand this at all. I mean, he's young, he's good, he's probably the best first baseman in the game. 
I, I don't I don't know the Braves thinking here. Yeah, I think this is a really bare, dumb move by them to not bare, sign him. Bare minimum, he's top two. So, yeah. So that that you know, there's that the Red Sox. This is very strange because they have Xander Bogarts, who's a really terrible defender. So I heard that they could move him to second base. He's open to moving there, but they also have to extend Raphael Devers. You know, their infield is pretty. I mean, they, they have a lot of money can, you know, tied up in Bogarts. So, I don't know. I mean, they could sign Correa. They seem like the most likely suitor other than the Yankees and the Dodgers, who have already listed. But, you know, they have that whole infield puzzle. Um, and then the Braves. Really strange. I don't think that's serious at all, uh, actually. Uh I think the Braves maybe just checked in and were like, hey, you know, how are you doing? What are you looking for? And then they left. I can't really see that happening. It could, but I just I don't know about that. I mean, you should be trying to re-sign Freddie Freeman. So yeah. that, that should be their top priority. So by my logic, it seems like, you know, honestly, in my opinion, I think for whatever reason, I do think Correa will sign with the Yankees. I think the money probably will talk, and I think maybe they'll get over 2017 a little bit. Yankee fans will love him, you know, if he does I, anything good. Oh, we'll, I mean, we'll I'm just, just we'll speculating. Just have to see. That's just my guess. Yeah, we'll just we'll just have to see. We really don't know. We will. I mean, I, I can't really lean any which way here. I think you should definitely yeah. keep an eye on the Cubs, though, because I don't know. I just I just think that there are more positives here than people are seeing right now. But we'll see. We'll see if they're willing to do that. Yep. Uh really hope that we can get a deal done with Korea. I Yeah, me too. My head would explode. I know. I'd freak out. Yeah, my head would explode and then once it was done exploding, I would get in my car. And just start blasting Go Cubs Go and like drive all all around my town here that I live in. So that's what I would do. I would just like go, I would basically go insane. Like they'd have to take me to an insane asylum. But the requirement (laughs) would be that I would have to have a TV in my cell. Oh my god. So yeah. So, um, one more thing didn't mention this when we were talking about Stroman, but the Cubs are seriously in on pitching. I would think that that is probably the first thing they're going to address when the lockout ends. They were in on Steven Matz, heavily in, according to Sahadev Sharma from The Athletic, but they didn't want to give him that fourth year uh, like the Cardinals did. So the Cardinals signed him. They were on the peripherals of Kevin Gosman, but they didn't want to give him that fifth year. So the, uh, the Blue Jays got him. So the Cubs are in on pitching. They just don't really want to pay these guys that long, it sounds like. Which I understand. Pitching can be very risky, and if you have bad pitching, tied up in bad contracts, your team kind of sucks. So, who knows? We'll see. That's it. That's all I wanted to say right there. Could be a totally different situation with position players. They haven't ruled out a big deal. We'll see. Yep. We will see. Unfortunately, it'll be a while. Hopefully this walkout isn't way too long. They need to get something figured out. They can't just keep dwelling over it for the entire baseball season. So we don't yeah. want we don't want no seasons. Yeah, that would not be good. That would be awful. That would be quite <sighs> awful. Yeah, let's just hope that they Get this done as soon as possible because it's really annoying. Yeah, I, I not just, good for the fans or the players. I, I mean, it's not good for anyone. No, it's not. But you know, the later this lockout goes, this is something I just thought about. The later it goes, like spring training begins in like February, and games spring training games begin late February. So all that is happening. 
the later this goes, you know, you got to wrap up free agency. You got to set your roster. You have to get down to spring training because everyone goes south. You have to get down to Arizona for spring training. You have to get everything organized. The longer this lockout goes, the shorter amount of times team amount of time teams are going to do that. So if the lockout ends in like early February, you are going to see like 10 free agent signings in like one day or something. You're just going to see signings every minute seemingly. I bet like things will get progressively crazier as the lockout continues. It's like I don't know what it's like. Uh, like increasing the tension. It's like when two people are pulling on a rope and like they keep pulling and pulling and pulling and eventually someone has to like go and allow the other person to fall backwards. So if you just keep pulling when the person lets go, the person will fall backwards harder. So it's kind of like that. That's a really dumb metaphor, but that's the best I can think of right now. So yeah, they got to get this over with. Yep, and unfortunately, we obviously won't have anything to talk about until it's over with. So this is uh, gonna be the. I hope. I hope yeah, and pray that. The next time we're on this podcast, we're talking about Carlos Correa's new deal with the Cubs. Yeah. Until then, we don't have anything to talk about, so there will be no episodes. So we're going to leave you here with this one for the time being, and hopefully this is over with soon, so we can get right back into this. Because we love doing it. <laughs> the blast out. What? To end the show? made me think of that um that clip of that guy on the news you know what does that mean to play us out to end the show i can't see it we'll do it live we'll do it live that's okay all right that's it all right well again hopefully this isn't too long because we don't want to have to take another long break like we did but who knows? We'll just have to see. So, leave you here with this, and see you all probably in a few more months. Hopefully, not that long, but see you then. We'll be around. Yeah, we're, we're always going to be active, but probably nothing to talk about for a podcast episode, so. Leave you here with this. Yep. Yep.